Amen. I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to let your classes go back. You can be seated. We're going to fall right into the lesson and let God be God in this house. If you've got an offering, the offering plates will be out. You can, we can receive it. Amen. After the service this morning. And uh, we're so thankful for your goodness and, and uh, presence to be with us. And, hey, I'm thankful for our Sunday school department and Sunday school teachers. And amen, it puts forth the effort and the energy and preparation. And uh, they, they get nervous on Sunday mornings like this too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just if everything's going to be all right and work out. And you know, you want people to be happy and you want to do what you can to make it happen. And, but I'll tell you what, Jesus Christ is the only one that can fulfill the whole bill. Hallelujah, and accomplish all of it. And uh, so it's good to see you, though, here this morning. And appreciate you for being here today. And uh, I know you're excited about living for the Lord. And amen. What a beautiful time to live for God. Praise God. I keep on with this oil up here. I'm going to have this whole pulpit on it and all down. And this wood won't never rot. Hallelujah. But anyway, I don't mean to do that. But God's good to us. And uh, we're serving an awesome God, a mighty God. And uh, we got a reason to rejoice with great joy. I'm glad that we have experienced a joy this morning. It's not manipulated or controlled by external our internal things as far as the enemy robbing or taking it from us. Now I know those things affect us. Nobody likes for their automobile to tear up. Nobody likes for their washing machines to tear up. Nobody likes for the lights to go out. Nobody takes a big enjoyment out of hurricanes and things of that nature. Amen. But uh, on the other hand, uh, the joy of salvation, the joy of the Lord, and to know Him, to know Him by the power of truth and revelation, to know that His favor is upon you and, and you have a real understanding of who Jesus Christ is and the coming of the Lord, the gift of life. Amen. What became, as He became that door. Hallelujah. And, and it, this lesson talks about the birth. And, and I, I'm not going to follow through with all the lesson per se. I am to a certain degree. I encourage you to go back and read the lesson. Uh, the, the, the whole perspective. There's a lot there that hey, I don't ever touch. So if you're not lead, reading your Sunday school lessons, let me encourage you again to read them. Uh, number one, these books cost us a lot of money. You need to read them. You need to get some good out of them. And if you got somebody, give it to them. we got some up here, we'll give them away. Man, people need to hear the Word of God. They need to hear truth. They need to read writings, amen, from apostolic one God people. The Revelation's got some insight. Amen. You know, if I'm going to get, I have to have brain surgery, I'm not going to go to the farmer. But neither am I going to a brain surgeon when I get ready to plant a garden. <laughs> so you, you put them whatever class you want them, but it depends on what type of information you want. It depends on what kind of goal you're trying to set out to accomplish. Amen. It depends on, amen, what you're really looking for in life or in the end of life. Hallelujah. I have a feeling we spend way too much time, amen, too focused on this life and what it has to offer instead of looking at the life hereafter, what it has to offer. This life is coming to an end. It doesn't matter who you are and where you come from. Amen. And how much health resources. And I'm for that. I'm not against it. Exercising you want to do. What kind of accomplishments you make in the financial world. What kind of accomplishments you make. Amen. In the, in the world of being famous. Hallelujah. And all that said and done. They're all still going by the grave. Until the rapture of the Lord. And so the, really the only thing that's going to matter. Amen. Is that eternal life. And where we're going to spend out the eons of time. There's a part of us, one place the Bible called it the worm. It's the soul of a man, the spirit of a man. It's going to live out eternity somewhere. And so thank God that Jesus had a plan way before any creation, before the first Adam. And in that plan was this second Adam called Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen. And he even prophesied hundreds of years prior to the, the, the Christmas time that we're in and the birthing of Jesus Christ. And, and most scholars and most people believe that the time is not right. And I know to some people, you know, that would be important. You want to celebrate your birthday on your birthday, don't you? And I understand that. But to God, it really don't make any difference. In fact, he focused more on his death than he did his birth. But I am thankful that a Savior was born. And if you read our lesson today, you're going to understand the joy 
amen, of this good tidings of the news that was coming and the effect it had upon Mary and the effect it had upon Elizabeth and the effect it was having on those, especially those that was believers. Hallelujah. You're going to notice this morning it's very important to be a believer. Now, if you're not a believer, this don't excite you. If you're not a believer, amen, and you're not pursuing eternal life, if you don't want to know that there is a God and there's one that reward them at diligence, seek Him. Hallelujah. If you get all hung up on things that don't amount to anything, well, that's your business. You can do that. But I'm here to tell you, I'm telling you, God's in the business of eternal life. God's in the business of having a church on this earth that still endure with power. Amen. And anointing and love and power. Amen. That even in this season, there's a joy that penetrates this place and penetrates our hearts. It's not governed by the material things that this world has to give us. But it comes from heaven. Hallelujah. It came from none other but Jesus Christ himself. And so that's the reason we're here this morning. Amen. To give him some glory and to give him some praise and just enjoy what we're going to have here today. The lesson is rejoicing with what? Great joy. Anybody likes to feel great joy? Praise God. Have you ever... I mentioned this the other day. I'm going to bring it back again. You ever been in a circumstance or situation and finally you got relief from it? Got an answer? Or, or maybe pardoned? <laughs> or quiddled? You ever had to stand before a judge and, in the court and, and, and all of a sudden for whatever reason that judge showed you mercy. He showed you compassion. He saw something in you. Maybe your lawyer brought out some evidence and that persuaded that judge, said, you know what? Yeah, this bunch has painted a picture, but that picture really is not the whole picture. I mean, if you listen to the devil, you listen to the spirits of the world and the naysayers, and I know none of us is no good, but not in the way they say it. Praise God. There's no good thing in our flesh. That's what Paul said. But you know what? Such were. Hallelujah. We've been delivered. We've been set free. We've been brought out. Amen. We've experienced, amen, what this Messiah and what this is really all about. So there is a joy, amen, unspeakable and full of glory is how the New Testament writer put it. And I thank God this morning, amen, because really that's what everybody's looking for. They're looking for love, peace, and joy. When you get right down to it, if you can accomplish and hold on to these three elements in your life on a regular basis, it really doesn't matter what you drive. It really doesn't matter what you live in. It doesn't matter who, what family you belong to. It doesn't matter, amen, what color your skin is. If you can have these three elements and they're alive and well in your life and operating in that form and manner. Have you ever seen anybody that was really, that may have was in a wheelchair or possibly crippled, been lamed all their life, but their countenance, amen, on their face was, was, was a, a glow and a joy, amen, that, that even you, and let's just be honest, that even just a little bit, that they don't have but half of their health, they don't have legs, hallelujah, they're, they're confined to a wheelchair every day of their life, that's all they ever known, but yet their countenance looks like they got life, a handle on life, a lot better than I've got it, they got a joy bubbling out of them, amen, that looks like I ought to have, oh, come on now, hallelujah, I'm telling you, there's a joy that comes from Jesus Christ and the birth of Jesus Christ, it couldn't come any other way, hallelujah, there's a joy Amen. It's everlasting. It trumps and overrides everything else that goes on. When you and I get to that revelation to stay in that stream and that vein, hallelujah, I'm telling you, it'll bring joy that money can't buy. It'll bring joy that positions can't purchase. It'll bring joy, hallelujah, the devil can't take it, the world can't take it, and circumstances and elements of the world can't rob it either. But you know what? We've got to believe this. We've got to believe it. We've got to believe it's a chief cornerstone. We've got to believe it's a way maker. And so as we, we look at this lesson here today, and I tell you, I got a lot more than I probably can, you know, go through this morning. Uh, but we're going to do our best. They won't be in a hurry back there today. They got a lot to do. God bless them. But that's part of it, too. This gift giving, I'm not against it. I'm not. Up to a point anyway. Now... Well, maybe I ought not go down that road today. Huh? Wait after Christmas and do it. No, praise God, it might be too late. No, I don't think you ought to run out there and run that charge card up trying to impress people. I tell you what, if you're going to buy me something, you got to put it on the charge card and it's going to put you in the bind. Don't worry about buying me. You come by, shake my hand, we'll love one another. Hey, it's going to be all right. That's all that matters to me. All that other don't. Praise God. 
And but anyway, so I, I want to tell you, there's a lot of things that's attacking us in this season that distracts us. And even in prayer, I thought about it. You know, I, I, and I love this time of the year. I really do. I love the fall. And there's a number of reasons. And yes, hunting's involved in that. But you know what? It's not the main reason. Hallelujah. Out there enjoying that, it still does not, man, it doesn't compare to the joy that we feel when we come to the house of God. And, uh, and we don't even have to be at the house of God. I can be on the deer stand, believe it or not. Amen. And, and you know, worship God and magnify God. I don't know how many books have come out there when I'm out there doing this, but hallelujah. He's a master. He can blind them. I mean, if he can blind and bind up troopers, he can blind and bind up a devil. Bring him out. He brought a goat. Bible. He brought Abraham a goat up that side and hooked him up in them bushes. Man, I, I, that book can be right outside that road, hooked up in them bushes. I didn't walk out there right up to him. Randy, I won't miss this one. I've had a picked on me at work sometime. They used to call me one shot, but I got over that. <laughs> got beyond that, but uh, hey man, I've shot some pretty close. You know, they, they just run out there and stick their head out and not shoot it. I mean, you know, just a little too close. But, but uh, uh, you know, God can do this. And uh, you know what? He's done it for you and I through Jesus Christ. That's the reason, personally, Holy Ghost filled people is the happiest people on the face of the earth. It doesn't matter what style of vehicle you drove up in out there. Even if you had to walk. There's something about the Holy Ghost and a revelation of Jesus Christ and understanding of what's, what's waiting on the other side. And I'm going to, I want to tie this together. The joy that's, that's related to, that we're talking about here. When you talk about Mary and when you talk about Elizabeth and when you talk about those as a part of this, this series that's unfolding. They knew it. I can take you to John, the fourth chapter of a lady, a man, that, that by far wouldn't live a, a godly life by far. Amen. But yet she knew enough about the law and about the Messiah and about different things that's unfolding, who to worship, places to worship, and what their opinions was and what their doctrines was. Amen. That the Messiah himself, when he, uh, he approached her, she believed him. Amen. Saying, hey, I am he who's speaking. In fact, she was the first one. Amen. That he, he, he manifested or declared himself who he was. Hallelujah. She went back and told the rest of them, come and see a man that told me all things. Hallelujah. That this Messiah's coming and he's looking for a people, amen, that's going to worship him amen, in spirit and truth. It's not the geographical location but now it doesn't matter where you're at you can be in the marketplace, you can be in a cab of a truck, you can you can have a place assembled, amen, that costs 10 million dollars, hallelujah, none of those places hinders, amen, or impress God, amen, when it comes whenever you begin to cry out to him and you begin to call upon him and you begin to talk about him with earnestness and with sincerity he just shows up and they something about this God when he shows up with his glory and power and lifting power I'm telling you it'll do things for you that nothing else can there's no medication there's nothing no other substance amen no other elements amen this world's got to offer that can lift your burdens that can turn your world around and put joy inside of you like a good baptism of the Holy Ghost and an introduction of Jesus Christ and who he is and so as we watch this unfold here this morning and begin to really take place. And uh, one of the first things that the writer talks about, amen, is the, in Micah 5 and 2, is the city called Bethlehem. We sing a lot of Christmas songs about it, and there's a lot mentioned about Bethlehem this time of the year, and rightly so. Um, but I don't know how many's really done a whole lot of research on that particular city. Uh, for instance, who built it? Most couldn't probably tell you that it was the son of Solomon, Rehoboam, that built the city of Bethlehem. He built it at a time, it wasn't an easy time in Rehoboam's life. But Rehoboam was, could hear God and obey the man of God. It was a time that the nation of Israel had been split up. Jeroboam had took the ten tribes, and, amen. And so Rehoboam, a man, was left with the two. And so he was going to gather those and go out to war against the others and unite his kingdom back. But God sent word to him and spoke to him, I should say, not to do it. He said, stay in Jerusalem and start building. And so the first city that Rehoboam built was Bethlehem. Praise God. I'm telling you, 
That's the way it is today. Too many people's worried about their own kingdom, worried about getting their own revenge, <laughs> worried about fighting their own battles their own way so they can have the pride and the glory of it. Instead of just hearing the voice of God and saying, you know what? Now, you, 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 you reckon which ones has had the most impact? Rehoboam built on a city called Bethlehem? Or if he went and tried to gain up his, his, his kingdom back? O- obedience is always the best thing. It is not the easiest. In fact, it may be the hardest. Especially in certain times in our lives. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Sometimes we have to sacrifice our own passions and our own desires. And time, amen, for God to accomplish and achieve things. No doubt the Israelites by this time, they had done heard and heard. And now that the heavens have been silenced for 400 years. And nobody really showed up or heard anything from God until John the Baptist comes on the scene. And even in that prophecy and in that fulfilling of the angel that came. That angel made it clear, amen, to Zechariah how that uh, John, this, this boy, John the Baptist is going to be born. How that he's going to be one that's going to help men to bring back sons to fathers. How he's going to bring back and how he's going to bring joy and good tidings as he, he's a pre-runner, amen, of preparing the people for the coming of the Messiah, for the coming of the King. He was the one, amen, that was going to be preaching about repentance and making preparation for the kingdom of God to come. Now many of them, no doubt, probably took it to, especially being the Jews because they was under the Roman Empire and controlled and they didn't like it and we understand that amen because the difference of the government and political reasons hallelujah so they was looking for an opportunity they wanted to be delivered they wanted to overcome those Romans they wanted to be have back the rulership hallelujah but you know what God wasn't going to set it up that way that's even they question Jesus and his departure when this is going to happen how is it going to unfold but thank God even Jesus Christ amen was looking to build a bigger kingdom a kingdom that's going to be everlasting it's not an earthly kingdom hallelujah it's a heavenly kingdom it's going to be an everlasting kingdom and so this is what this messiah this king if you please amen jesus christ the messiah is the king of kings and the lord of lords now he didn't enter into this world like a king amen it was far from that and that blew a lot of people's ideas and opinions and you know what i've come to conclusion amen and pastor now for 26 years hallelujah god still works in that same frame in that same realm a lot of times it's not how we think it's going to be. It's not how we, we thought it should be. Hallelujah. It's not how we, we preconceived it. Hallelujah. But when we just finally back up and say, okay, God, here it is. We're going to put it in your hands and it belongs to you. And you get all the glory and praise and honor. And you work it out how you want to. And he's prone to work it out through substance and individuals and ways that blows our minds. Thank God for that. You know why? Because that really, you know what? The only responsibility you and I have got is to believe. You and I got it. If we'll just believe him. We'll believe him and obey him. He'll take care of the rest of it. Everything else is going to work out. God will make the best of any and every situation. It doesn't matter what it is. God will make the best of it. So, as we begin to look at even this, this place. Go to Micah 5 and 2. But thou, Bethlehem, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah... Now we know how that uh, if you begin to look at some of the things that happen. Another place that's kind of interesting about uh, this Bethlehem. It's mentioned. You can go back to Genesis the 39th chapter in this time of Rachel. Amen. When she's given birth to her last son. And you, if you go back and read that you're going to see it was on the way there. And it's just before Bethlehem that she, she gives birth to Benjamin. Amen. And she loses her life there. And so these are this this particular area, geographical location, is a very important place. Uh, but Nona is what she called it. A man called him, a man. But then uh, Jacob come along, came back and named him Benjamin. Hallelujah! And if you go back and do a little study on that, you're going to see the difference of the outcome of the naming of that child in this particular location, because Bethlehem actually means the bread of life, a man or house of bread, a man. Thank God for the living bread. Thank God for the. Ever- 
everlasting bread. And we know that that came through the birth of Jesus Christ. We know that God gave the Israelites manna and sustained them for 40 years. But I'm telling you, that manna was nothing compared, amen, to the manna wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And even when he makes the statement about eating his bread and drinking his blood, that was such a harsh statement that many forsook him and left him at that moment time to the point that he even questioned his own disciples, hand-picked disciples, if they was going to forsake him or leave him. Hallelujah. In this end time, I'm telling you, it's sifting time. It's a time to see whether or not if we really love him or not. If we have a real revelation of what Christmas is really all about or not. If we really believe that a Messiah was born. And through this child, a man called Jesus Christ, a man which Matthew 1 to 23 has taught us, is Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. And if God's with us, who can be against us? And if you believe God's for you, amen, who can overcome you? You just got to stay with the word of God and the leading of the God, just like Israel through the wilderness where no man had ever been. That cow led them, that light led them, it brought them to the promised land. It's no different in the New Testament. This Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us and comfort us and help us along this journey. We just got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We just got to keep our hearts and our minds and spirits in tune with him. If we'll do that even in these seasons. I'm telling you the reason sometimes it's such a disheartening time in this type of season. Amen. People's looking for the wrong in the wrong places for joy. Looking in the wrong places, amen, for comfort. They believe that these material things, uh, you've seen and I've seen it. I know we don't have no spoiled kids here, but the places where they have those spoiled kids. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've watched them be more entertained with the packages and boxes than they was with what was in the box. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's the way the Pharisees and Sadducees handled Jesus. They weren't really interested in who he was. They was, they was concerned about what he was going to do against them. Taking their positions and places. Praise God. I'm going to move on. So as we watch these different things that begins to take place and unfold. You can go to John 7. There's other times this this Bethlehem, uh, the statement about the place, it caused confusion sometimes. Even in their time. Uh, from where he was born and how all of this. But you know what? You and I that's got this good book. We can go back and start putting the prophecies together. We can go back and put all this in line. That's a reason, amen, especially in America, this place ought to be full of believers. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it ought to be full of apostolic believers. Because this is in the book. And uh, even this that's unfolding here it begins to take place. But you can go to John 7 and 41, and I won't cover all the scriptures. But there, others said, talking about Jesus and where he come from, this is that the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? And he did come out of Galilee. He fulfills a prophecy both of Bethlehem and of Galilee. As, as God moves, and you're going to go in Matthew, the second chapter of time, allow us with a wise man. You're going to see what happened with Herod and how God had to move upon Joseph and, and get them out of the city and out of that place before. Herod took their lives. But hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? He did come out. He fulfilled both of these. And so only a God, a man, could design and set this prophecy up hundreds of years prior before it ever unfolds and ever takes place and for it to fulfill and accomplish and achieve what it's done. These kind of scriptures and instructions of history. Hallelujah. I've talked to some people and they say, well, that's just in the Bible. I say, well, how do you know who George Washington was. I said, that's nothing but history. You've taken some man's writings. Amen. And then you want to tell me you don't want to be the Bible? That don't make no sense to me whatsoever. I'd believe the Bible before I believe some of that other stuff. I just take your word at George Washington. Amen. Any of you seen George Washington? Any of you know him? I know Jesus Christ. I know he's alive. I know, amen, his name works. I've never called on that. I'm not throwing down George Washington. I'm just telling you in life, I know who I've experienced. And who put joy in me. Jesus is alive and well, folks. That's for sure. Now, we know that. You felt him in this house this morning. Hallelujah. I mean, when he says present, his presence can show up at a funeral. And you know what? That funeral don't have the same effects. <laughs> 
There's hope in that funeral when Jesus shows up. There's life in that funeral, amen, when Jesus shows up. Hallelujah, you know there's a hereafter. You know there's, this is just a comma, folks. This is not a period of time, honey. Hallelujah, it's just, just fine, amen. We're just going to be separated for a little while. Hallelujah, but Jesus Christ is alive and well. And so they, they squabbled and fussed over where he's coming from and who he was and all that. And so the Bible says in the 43rd verse there, so there was a division among the people because of him. Praise God that he can cause division. Hmm. He really can. I'm going to drive to a point at the end of this thing. You know what it is? It's all about believing. It's all about taking this book and what it says. What the instructions that comes out of this book that trumps every tradition. Man's tradition. Family's tradition. Oh, I've had them tell me. I've had them tell me. I've had them put on shows right in front of me before. <laughs> they all right, and I know they're all right. <laughs> and it was good enough for them. It's going to be good enough for me. They were just simply telling me all them doctrines you believe and you teach him. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to write back and slap you. I'm not going to do any of that. It's your. You. You. you I, I didn't write the book. I'm going to preach it, though. I want to live it. Huh. Amen. But I can't change it. Now, there's a lot of people that stood behind the sacred desk. And they've changed it. Tell us it doesn't, you know. But it didn't change, did it? Still the same. It's forever settled in the heavens. I want to move on here. And so, as we watch this really begin to unfold, things of this nature begin to transpire, we see, amen, even in Matthew, the fourth chapter, uh, Jesus Christ, and it talks about the land. He says, leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, the borders of Zebulun and Nathalem, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun, the land of Nathalem, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee, and of Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw this great light. To them which sat in the regions and the shadow of death, light is sprung up. So Matthew's bringing this prophecy. He's telling them, hey, this was prophesied for Jesus ever done it. And so he's bringing it back to their attention. This is what Jesus fulfilled. This is what, and so all of this is what proves as a testimony of who Jesus Christ was. And so, as we sing those songs about Bethlehem, and we rejoice in this time of the year about Bethlehem, it is rightly so. But if everybody could get a revelation of that, an insight of that. I've made this statement now. Uh, the light, and we'll talk about light. What did he say right there? That prophecy, a light unto those that sit in darkness. Hey, I'm a firm believer. There's a lot of people puts out all kind of lights. And hey, I've noticed it up, up this highway right here. People don't go to church anywhere. They got up more decorations than other people. But you know what? That's a testimony. You can't celebrate this season without acknowledging that a Savior was born. Right, wrong, season, whatever, however you want to put all that. You can't do that. And what you put out, I don't care if it was a Santa Claus. I don't care if it was a snowman. I don't care if it's reindeer. I don't care what form and method you use to acknowledge the season, honey. The root, the foundation of the season and the reason of the season is Jesus Christ. And those actions are going to be a testimony against them one day. Well, you celebrated my season. Why didn't you seek me out? Why didn't you cry out for me? Why didn't you look for me? Hallelujah. Just enjoying in the celebration, just a party. Just to celebrate it your way? Oh no, if anybody can celebrate Christmas, it's you and I that's got a revelation of the Messiah and the joy that is brought to our lives. You know what? This Holy Ghost not illuminated us. Hallelujah called the countenance on us that you can't buy that singing river. It put the countenance on you, honey. You can walk in dark places and light it up. You can walk in valleys of depression and lift it up. You are a representative of an everlasting kingdom, sweetheart. LED ain't seen nothing. Paul called it brighter than the noonday sun. <laughs> Woo! Then you think I'm going to be a sad sack? 
You think I'm going to be gloomy? Well, help you out, parents. You couldn't buy them kids everything you want. I'll tell you what you do. On Christmas morning, you get your Bible out. You read them the Christmas story. You talk, tell them about a Savior. You tell them about Jesus. You get to reading about Him and talking about Him. He'll show up. Hmm. He'll change the countenance of that place. He'll change the attitude of that place. Right down to your little old sweethearts. I mean, before the sun sets, they're going to push most of them toys aside anyway, and you're going to burn the boxes. I talk like an experienced guy, don't I? My back porch is full of boxes right now, waiting on the rain to leave. I tell you, one company's ought to be full. I mean, full. Cardboard, baby. Who's making cardboard? Man, they working overtime. Hallelujah. But anyway, so we watch this. Jesus Christ is born. And so let, let me just bring a little something to you. And I know I'm staying focused a little bit on Bethlehem here. Maybe you ain't heard it quite like this, but this is a process. This is something that begins to work and God begins to work it out and brings it together. And so God chooses little things of the world to eclipse what is going the greatest things. We can look back such as the time with Gideon. When you look back in Judges 6 and 15, it simply goes like this. Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel. Now Gideon responds to the angel, and we probably would too. Amen. Oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And so we see here, whenever he chose Bethlehem, amen, whenever he first, now all this is planned in the mind of God. Before he ever moved upon the eons of time, the earth and began to position and set all this up. God already had it in the plan, in the mind of God. Christ himself was in. That's the reason he was before Abraham. How was that? In the mind, the plan of God, Jesus Christ existed. Hallelujah. And he was coming in the mind, the logos of, of God. Amen. And so as you watch this process, and even land itself, when you begin to look at it, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And in the low state of David's line, even when Messiah was born, and also implied here, the thousands, each, each tribe was divided into its clans or to its thousands. Even back in Moses, he would set them by the thousands, hundreds, and fifties. And so we see these processes beginning to unfold. So sometimes, you know, when you talk about the small, and, and sometimes we like, you know, it's according to what we're doing, according to what side of the fence we're on. Hallelujah. If you're on one side of the desk, you hope it's $100. If you're on the other side of the desk, you hope you get it for 10. Amen. Just depends on what side of the desk you're on. But when you really look at some of this and the value and the way God works and how he works through all of this, and I'm not going to go through all the scriptures. I just won't have the time. But I will give us a few to you and just and then you can jot them down and go back and look at them. But you can even go back to Matthew 2 and 6 and to quote it there of the princes and how that he used heads and several heads and princes to start bringing this and uh, to bring it to pass and uh, happen, cause it to happen. And Michael, you see the authoritative explained uh, in Matthew, since it was not so much the thousands that it preferred to other than thousands of Judah, but it's the governor, our chief priest, out of who is preferred to the governors of all the other thousands. And so this is Herod's problem. Amen. Now, Herod was not a Jew. He was a mixed. Hallelujah. And he was set up with the Romans. And, and so this is one of the reasons Herod said had such a problem. And if you go and read that and go back and read the Matthew, the second chapter, you're going to see after Herod heard of his coming and uh, I'll jump ahead a little bit there. It was a star that brought the wise men. Now, a lot of times we use three wise men, but the Bible don't say how many wise men. We get that because of the gifts that were brought. Amen. But we really don't how many wise men it was that actually came. I do know this. I believe that was a purpose and reason. All wise people will follow after and seek after Jesus Christ. They will look for that day star. Hallelujah. They will look for that one that can put light and illuminate their lives. Not only in this life, but in that one to come. Amen. As they give their 
ourselves or to none other but the Lord. And so even here as we watch some of this unfold, the process that's taking place as, as he goes on, he talks about um, when you talk about Bethlehem, you call it a town and sometimes the Greek actually means village. Amen. So we realize through secretly containing a thousand inhabitants, it is ranked among the thousand or larger divisions of the tribe because of its being the cradle of David's line or the divine son of David. So we understand this. Now watch this. The promise of the Redeemer at first was vaguely, you know, vaguely general. In other words, where did it actually start? Genesis 3.15. A son was promised. A son of a, of a woman that was come and come. And so we know that. And then it goes from that. To the Shemite. The Shemite actually is from Shem. Amen. The son of Noah. And we watch this as it begins to unfold and begins to narrow down. When you go to Genesis 9.26 and 27. Then it grows. It starts to get a little clearer. And defining the race and nations which the liver should come. Namely the seed of Abraham. The Jews in Genesis 12 and 3. And then from that. Then it goes to a particular tribe. Judah in Genesis 49 and 10. And then the family that of David in Psalms 89 and 19 and 20. Then the very town of his birth here. And this is comes through a man nigh of the very uh, parentage or whatever you want to call that. When you go back to Matthew 1, if you go through all that lineage, and I won't do that, Lord have mercy. But it's 14 different generations. It brings all this and connects all that. And so all this helped us to know where Jesus Christ came from and who he was. So all this should build our faith and put confidence in us that this, this Bethlehem and this one that was born in Bethlehem and came from Bethlehem. I know you and I, we just take it for granted. We was raised this way. It's all we've ever been told. But you know what? Everybody didn't have, ain't had that privilege. And they don't know all of that. And, and so you start dealing with Hindus and, and folks like that, amen, that's persuaded and their minds are corrupt. They need something solid. They need something, amen, that'll transform their lives. And so whenever the, the, the writings of the Word of God, amen, and you start putting it all together, and even history itself start having to back it up, you take the flood, believe it or not, almost all over the world there's an acknowledgement of some sort that there was a major flood upon this earth. They don't get it out of the Bible. They use history and things of that nature. But it still brings you right back to what? The Bible. And so even Christmas, and when you look at this, and they repurposed the very foundation of a Messiah was born. It started in Bethlehem. A Savior of the world. And when you get a revelation, a Savior of the world that can deliver me out of my sins. That's like the Israelites when they was in Egypt. And under the taskmasters, they was looking for somebody that could come and deliver them and set them free. And God raised up a Moses and brought him. Same way with you and I. We needed a Savior. We needed deliverance. The Israelites had to have a lamb. Amen. They all had to take that lamb. They had to apply that blood. And so likewise in the New Testament, you got to get that blood applied. That blood, amen, of Jesus Christ. This is the only uh, unspotted blood, hallelujah, that took the place of every lamb, that took the place of every bull, that took the place of every pigeon. They'd done it for 4,000 years out of faith, all of it hinging and depending. All the sins for 4,000 years just rolled forward. That's all they was, there was never, the debt was never paid until a man called Jesus Christ came on the scene. And now here, here he is, hallelujah, he's come and, and he's going to be put in a manger. And if you read your lesson, you're going to go back and see. And when you talk about Bethlehem and Nazareth is where they was at, the decree to be taxed. And they had to be registered to be taxed. And so Joseph had to make his way because of the lineage of David. He had to go back to Bethlehem. They say the way the crow fly was about 70 miles. But the journey that David, amen, uh, David, that Joseph and Mary had to make was 90 miles. Riding up on a little donkey. I started to get one of our ladies up here kind of parade around for us a little bit. But I won't do them that way. God bless them this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know, you can imagine in that condition, in that situation, having to get on a little donkey, having to travel some to four to seven days on a little donkey, you know. Hallelujah. And through the terrace, amen, they had to go through the geographical location. Some people say, oh, God can't be in this. Well, God was in it. And God's prophecy was going to be fulfilled. Everything that God prophesied, every T was going to be crossed, every I is going to be dotted. And so, you know what? That ought to put faith in you and I. If you cry out to Him and call upon Him with honesty and sincerity, He's going to show up. And the promise amen of the Holy Ghost is to you and to all amen to me our Lord God shall call so when his spirit draws you he intended to draw you to fill him up with a fill you up with the Holy Ghost and to give you eternal life it is not God's intent for you to backslide and fall to the wayside hallelujah it's God's intent amen he's got an expected end for you and that's to attain eternal life through this gift called Jesus Christ so praise God 
So as we see this really unfold and begin to take place, I want to take you one place now. I want to read these scriptures. Hebrew. The Hebrew writer in Hebrew 1. Now remember what all, if you can, what all I said about the scattered rays of prophecy. Concentrate in this now. Jesus Christ. All the prophecy, the land, the places, the individuals. And how it's hundreds of years. It cleared, it's going to zero in on one. And so now the Hebrew writer starts out. God, who at sun-dried times and diver manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Jesus Christ is the only God that you're ever going to see. He's the only one that's going to sit on a throne. He's the express image of God. This little, this little lad that was laid in a manger as a witness to the shepherds and a man to the wise men. Now, they weren't going to see him. They didn't, the wise men didn't see him in a manger. I, I, can, see, I can see the countess. It's a house. They had done moved. They figured at least a year, if not two years, before the wise men ever showed up. They saw the star, but it took them that long to get there. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what God has to send you through and how long it takes you. It's worth the journey to get to truth. I don't care how many traditions and how many this and all the other. It's still worth it to get to this truth and to know this God. And to know this Messiah. And to know him through the power of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like it on the face of the earth. And so here he begins to talk about the express image of his person. Um, on upholding all things by the word of his power. When he by, had by himself purged our sins. Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Don't let that mess you up. Man. First of all God is a spirit. You can't. Physically or literally set on the right hand side of something that fills all time, space, and galaxy. How are you going to get on the right hand side of something that fills up everything? No, far, no matter how far right you go, he's following. That's not what he's saying. Right here is the vessel, the man. It's his right hand, the power, the authority. Purchase. God had to have a lamb. You can't kill God. You can't, God don't have blood. And you could, you could stab him. You can shoot him. You could hung him. In fact, the God had not come out of the body of Christ. Christ would have never died on the cross. All the blood could have run out. Everything could have run out. But I tell you, God alone could have kept him alive. But God had to leave that body. Because it died. And don't you listen to that junk. Some says, well, he just fainted. Well, he fainted for three days and nights. That's the longest faint I ever heard of. <laughs> Fainted my foot. He died, folks. You got to die. You got to die. Repent, die. You got to die. He died. He paid a price. You know, you, know what the, you know what the wages of sin is? What's the wages of sin? Death. He paid your wages. He paid your death. That's the reason of the birth of Jesus Christ. He come to die to give you and I life and life more abundantly. <laughs> and so... We can just see here how blessed we are. Watch this. Picks up about the fifth verse. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Always remember, Jesus was begotten. There was a beginning. The physical Jesus. Just like the first Adam. Son of God. The second Adam. Which is not a living soul, but a quickening spirit. Called Jesus Christ. Begotten. And again, I will be to him a father. And he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And the angels, he saith, saith who maketh his angels spirits ministers flame, unto the son, he saith, Thy throne, O God. Unto the son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. 
A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So this gives us a little idea of what this Messiah, uh, this son that's born on this particular day. And that's the reason, amen, the wise men came to worship him and brought the gifts that they brought, amen, unto this one called Jesus Christ. Amen. When they brought the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. All of this representing, amen, the deity, amen, and, and the frankincense, the incense that was used even in the tabernacle to offer up, amen, incense to God as a worship. Now watch this. One dead fly, amen, is all it took to, to change the scent and the smell of that sacrifice. And so there was priests outside that tabernacle that made sure they kept it clean and kept all that out. So when the apothecary was brought and brought into that incense, and so likewise here, and regardless of how often the Pharisees and the Sadducees try to trip Jesus up and try to use methods and means, amen, to accuse him and cut him short. And whenever they even sought for witnesses, amen, to witness against him, hallelujah, they couldn't find any. They had to find some sons of Belial that lied against him, hallelujah, but they was fought. And so no, no God was found in him. No sin was found in him. And so now this is the Messiah. This is the son that was born. And yet he was born. And yet he come to an end. But yet even at the end, they didn't have no room for him. And how often has he come? And let me say this this morning. How often has he visited us at the first Jesus name church of Bendel? And possibly some of us says, I don't have room for you. Hallelujah. Not in my heart. Not in my life. But I'm telling you, it's a time coming. We better make room for this Messiah. We better make room for this son. We better make room for this gospel. We better make room for this Jesus. We better make room for this truth. I'm telling you, this scepter of righteousness is still righteousness, honey. You can't live a half-hearted life. You can't live a nonchalant. You can't live, amen. Well, I come to church occasionally and all this other stuff. No, it's got to become your passion. It's got to what wakes you up in the morning. It's got to be some of the last thoughts in your mind. You got to fall in love with him. And when you fall in love with him, I'm telling you, you'll find a joy and a peace and a comforter and a counselor and a helper that you can't find any other place. It's all wrapped up in this Messiah. I tell you the reason people's not joyful in this time. Amen. It's a call. They're in the, they're in the season but for the wrong reason. Praise God. But if we'll just keep the right reason of the season. I believe even with the date, just, I don't know how far it's off. I, I really don't know. But if we keep the right reason for the season, a Savior was born. And so, for just a few minutes, let's rehearse some of this. What about Mary? The good tidings, the good news, the joy that was brought. Amen. Such as Luke 1.14 says, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. That's talking about John there. Luke 141. It came to pass that when Elizabeth heard this salutation or the greetings of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. In fact, the next verse, in fact, the next, the 44th verse says, baby leaped in my womb for what? For joy. So when joy shows up, there's some evidence of it. It's hard to convince me, I, you know. I'm happy. <laughs> really? <laughs> I hate to see you and get sad. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, folks, if nothing else, hopefully from this morning, amen, this coming Saturday, Christmas morning, amen, there'll be a joy there. Amen. That none, of those, none of those gifts, if you get any or not, Amen. Hallelujah. The tree is a decoration and all the other. Hallelujah. You know what? There's a joy knowing there's a Savior born. There's a Savior born. I got a reason, hallelujah, to celebrate. I got a reason. There's a joy inside of me that nobody can't buy it. And if you can't buy it, you can't take it. You can't rob it from me. And that's a relationship and a fellowship with Jesus Christ. And so, so ever, now watch this. When the angels, amen, begin to, and the, the, the birthing of the son, you know the story how they got there and the time of approaching. And so they found an end. And, and so she wraps him in swaddling clothes and someone believes it's just rags. Some believe it was possibly rags they used for the animals to, to wipe them off and all. But anyway, she wrapped him up tightly in that and put him in a manger. That, that's a feeding trough. And there's different opinions about some of that. And all that really don't really matter. Amen. I just take 
believe what the Bible says. He calls the manger. I'm going to call it a manger. And everybody can believe what they want to believe. It's kind of like the well. I just believe it was a well and it, it swallowed Jonah. And, and regardless of what all the scientists say, that's exactly what happened. Because the Bible trumps all the scientists. Hallelujah. They can't even make man. Because huh? they can't even get their own dirt. So I mean, I'm going to believe the one that can create the dirt, created man, created everything. Hallelujah. Why don't I just believe him? I mean, he created a fish. And so likewise with all this other stuff that's going on, you know what? Let's just believe God. Just take God in his word. Quit listening to all these naysayers and all these folks. They're unbelievers. They're unbelievers. And unbelievers are always looking for an escape because you know why? If they don't find an escape, they're going to be judged. But you know what? You're not going to escape from this God. And you're not going to escape from this judgment. Every soul, every individual that's ever walked upon this earth is going to face this God Almighty. It's going to face this Messiah. It's going to face this child called Jesus. Everybody ought to be coming running. And you watch this. The angels came down upon those shepherds. The Bible talks about the glory of the Lord. And how light shine the stars. And they was afraid. And he tells them, said, don't be afraid. A Savior has been born in Bethlehem. And a star was set up. And they saw the star. And you know what happened? Man, they were so overwhelmed. They got to telling everybody. They was making their way there. Now watch this. It wasn't just any shepherds. Do a study on it. The fields that these shepherds were in was the fields that held the sheep that was being prepared to be the lambs or the sheep for the sacrifice in the tabernacle. I know them little sheep. It's kind of like the Thanksgiving turkey got pardoned. But if them little sheep just knew what just happened, who, had just, who, who was just born, they wouldn't be no more need. It was going to take 30, 30 and a half years. I don't know how long a sheep lives, but, but, but there's still hope. See, and there's the key to all this. Because you watch Mary, Elizabeth, you watch all this. The excitement of the shepherds, the glory. Because they had heard this all their life. And now it's happening. It's unfolding. I mean, we got a visitation from the angels. We got a great host that joined in with them. And we're singing. And we're rejoicing. How many of us... After coming to God and Holy Ghost and living for God, we find ourselves sometimes in some of those struggles, some of those battles, some of those times we feel like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not, but, but if all of a sudden you begin to think about the inheritance, you begin to think about the coming of the Lord, you begin to think about what's waiting on the other side and the hope of that coming and the joy that it's going to bring. Paul taught us, he said, looking joy the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in fact we're going to see a time possibly that we cry for him to come come get us Lord Jesus we're ready to go we're ready amen a joy to finally see him a joy to finally be in that presence a joy to know to receive a body amen a glorified body that won't know nothing about back problems that won't know nothing about cancer that won't know nothing about diabetes. That won't know nothing about any of this other stuff. There won't be a devil. There won't be another trial. There won't be another temptation. I'm telling you it's going to be worth the journey. But you've got to understand the real reason of the season. The where the real joy lies. It's wrapped up in Jesus. It's not in your CDs. It's not in your money. It's not in none of that. It's wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And your fellowship and revelation of the real reason of the season. And the real, the real fountain of the joy of Jesus Christ. And being a part of his kingdom. Being a part of the work of God. To be of his workmanship. A vessel of the Holy Ghost. You can get out there and entertain yourself with what the world has to offer. Most of the time it don't last till you get in bed good. But you get wrapped up in this. It won't only, it won't only help you when you get in that bed. But all through the night and when you wake up in the morning. And it's just it's something about it. Why? The Bible says where's your strength comes from. Praise God. It's the joy of the Lord. It's our strength. And that's the reason this ought to be. That's the reason I like, I love the song, Joy to the World. If you really listen to the message of it, if you really listen to it, huh, 
a joy to the world. 4,000 years it took before he ever showed up. But he showed up. And guess what? He's going to show up again. There's going to be some naysayers. There's going to be some, amen, that's going to rise up in this end time and talk about since the time and the fathers and all the things being and going exact, ex existing and happening. Don't you listen to that. He's coming. He's coming. So, I, I could have took you. I'm on the third page here. And so, as you watch the good tidings, the good news. Isaiah prophesied it about several times. Let me just briefly, I'm just going to briefly touch this, if you don't mind. Give me just a couple more minutes. I know we're getting, in Isaiah 49, it talks about Zion. Bringeth good tidings. It talks about Jerusalem. The good tidings is going to be coming out of Jerusalem. And behold your God. Isaiah 41 and 27 again. I will give to Jerusalem one that bringeth good tidings. Isaiah 52 and 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. And publish peace. Amen. And also it goes on in the latter part of that scripture says, publishing salvation. Salvation. Isaiah 61 and 1 talks about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the, God, the good tidings unto the meek and he that hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison to them that are bound. Listen to this process that's going on. Watch this. Luke 8 and 1 and it came to pass after talking about Jesus Christ and I know I'm going through some of this pretty quick and just jot down the scripture if you don't mind and it came to pass afterward talking about Jesus Christ that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and to the trail that was with him. Acts 13, this is the time of Barnabas and Paul. They went to Antioch and the Jews rejected him. They went to the synagogue and they rejected him and turned them away and watch this. But we declared unto you glad tidings how that the promise which was made unto the fathers. God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children in that he hath raised up Jesus again. It is also written in the second psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. The good tidings, the good news. And then when you go to Romans, the 10th chapter, we get a better understanding, amen, about the gospel, the good tiding, amen, and those that are sent. And so watch this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you begin to call upon him with honesty and with sincerity, you can be saved, but you got to start. you got to call, like the Hebrew says, you got to believe there is a God, and you got to believe in him and start diligently seeking him. And when you start crying out to him, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the good, the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Watch all of that connection, all of that, that prophesying, all that Jesus Christ and the apostles. And now right on Jerome, right on down to our day and time with the fivefold ministry, the good news, the good tidings. It's still coming forth. Hallelujah, that are a Messiah, that a Savior. Hallelujah, they can bring joy like no other joy. They can bring peace and, and life into you. But you've got to cry out to him. You gotta seek out after him. You gotta you gotta hunger after him and, and seek after him. I won't go to Matthew the second chapter. I'd like to about the wise men and, and the, the, when they got there and how they showed up and how Herod, Amen. And when he questioned, he, he questioned his sorcerers and his wise men. You know about boys, this, this this king's supposed to be born that, and they told him in Bethlehem. And so they begin to say. He tells those wise men. He says, "Go and seek him." <laughs> but when you find him, come and tell me that I can come and worship him. He lied. He's full of the devil. Amen. Guess what? God's bigger than him and bigger than all of our governments. Hallelujah. So you know what happened? When those three, three wise men found him, because you know what? When they walked out of the star, there the star goes. I'm telling you, God can lead you if you'll let him. Hallelujah. Just like he led those wise men. God's still in the leading business. Hallelujah. But anyway, they came to the star and they went to the house, not to the manger. They made their way to the house. Amen. Because now Joseph and Mary had a house. And they're in a house. And so there, possibly, if you watch it, even Mary and the child. One, possibly two. Don't know. Somewhere in that ballpark. And they offer these as, and they bow unto him as a king. And worship him as a king. And offer the gifts as the king of kings and lords of lords. God speaks to them. They go out a different way. Now this is prophesied too. Back in a couple of places in the Old Testament, Herod, amen, found out that he had been beguiled and been tricked. And so he comes against Bethlehem. And in fact, if you go back in the time of, of, of Babylon, and he talks about this, and he's talking about what's happening here. Amen. It was, it was a time they used to call it... Uh, Time of the slaughtering of the innocent or children. Anyway, something like that. But anyway, they, they was, he went all the boys from two years down. He went into the city of Bethlehem. 
and killed every one of them. Like he could stop this God, this kingdom. Folks, this came with great price to have this opportunity, to have this time to come together, to join together, to bind together, and to, to know. Now, folks, this is the real reason of the season. I know I went a long ways, but you watch this. Our lesson, if you looked at the very start of it and talked about Christmas and how they celebrated it to two guys from two different places and they sung the song, Silent Night. But I want you to look at the very bottom, the scripture, the very bottom of that page. It's found in Acts 17, 26 and 27. And you can stand. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. And have determined the times before appointed. And the bonds of their habitation. That they should seek the Lord. That's everybody. All creation. All nations. He's covering. Paul's covering everybody. If happily they might feel after him. And find him though he be not far. From every one of us. He's only one prayer away. He's only one sincere cry from the heart away. When you and I come to that place, I want to know him. I want to know the real reason of the season. What's all of this? What's all this about? I know we can get down some side roads, putting up lights. And I know we can get down side roads of hunting. Other things that's involved in the same season, the same time. I know there's many things pulling at us, but I'm telling you, the really the only real reason a Messiah was born, a Savior, the good tidings, the good news, a Savior was born. Do you know that Savior this morning? Do you know Him for yourself? Do you know how to call on His name? Do you know His voice? Do you know His spirit? You know his touch <laughs> to heal you and to bless you. And also to drive out demons and demonical forces and things that want to oppress you. I'm going to tell you something. That ain't the will of God. He's either king or he's not. He's a shepherd. He's a helper. Now that went, but that's all right. <laughs> He didn't stay in that manger. And he didn't stay on the cross. They took him off. He didn't stay in the grave either. <laughs> and he's coming back. He's coming back. He's going to set up a kingdom. He's even going to rule upon this earth for a thousand years. Where there be no sin. Where there be no killing. There will be nobody thieving. There will be nothing of that taking place. A man won't even be able to sin. He'll be restrained and held. The devil will be abound a thousand years. Huh. I'm telling you, we serve an awesome God this morning. This is, you really get to think about it. This is a real reason of what this is all about. I know we've went down some avenues and the devil and flesh has made its inroads. But he still don't change the fact that a Messiah was born. Because there had never been a death without a birth. Thank God that Mary took Gabriel at his word and said, Nevertheless, at thy word. I don't understand this. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't know what Joseph's going to think about this. God took care of all that, didn't he? He sent the same angel to Joseph. Because Joseph was a just man. God knew. In the same way with everything else. God works it out. If we'll just let him be God, is how the scripture puts it. God will work. Who will let? He'll work in our lives as individuals or as a whole. But we've got to let him. And you and I have got to let him do it his way. The time and the season of all of it.
What a Savior. What a presence of God that we felt here today. This is really, this is really where the Mary comes in. It's not in all those elements out there. It's in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. appreciate you so much. Your kindness, your grace, your mercy, the power of your love. What you brought upon this earth through our Lord Jesus Christ. The power of your love. The power of your grace and your mercy, God. To reach down to us as Gentiles. We was considered as nothing but dogs, heathens, outcasts. But now you came and you ran a veil from top to bottom. You made a way that every man, woman, boy, and girl can make their way into you. You help us. You help us right here at this church, God. You help us in this season. This Christmas would be different than any other Christmas. That our minds and our hearts would be lifted to you. That you'd help us, God. You help us become that light. You help us become that vessel. You help us become that gift unto another man or to someone else to introduce them to you. You help us give ourselves and do the work that you'd have through us to win souls, to help others, help our brothers and sisters, God, in the journey. As we give you the glory, as we give you the praise, even in this house this morning, in Jesus' name we pray. We love you today and appreciate you. It really saddens my heart. That this time of year it can be, now I understand some of it when it comes to loved ones and missing loved ones, that's a different thing. But I'm talking about a, the sadness it causes people to take their lives. A sadness it causes people to feel like there's really no hope, no joy. And they, they tell us that it seems to escalate this season when right the opposite ought to be happening. When you get a real understanding of what Christmas is all about, it's about Jesus Christ. A Savior has been born. And He wants to be our Savior. Everybody's Savior. I don't care where you're at, who you are, and what you're struggling with. He wants to be that voice in your life. He wants to be that comforter. He wants to be your help. And he'll do it. Love you. Appreciate you this morning. God bless you. See you tonight. Christmas program at 6. Uh, we'll have the children, then the, the uh, young adults. And then afterwards we'll have refreshment. Invite somebody if you'd like. Come and just have a good time. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.